the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Dear faithful, as we begin this new year, I thought that it might be useful to say from time to time some words on the sacred liturgy that we celebrate here at the Shrine of Christ the King, explaining what it is so that we might profit more from it. This could be beneficial for both those who are new to the Latin Tridentine Rite of the Holy Mass and to those who are more familiar with it, to those who are new to help them understand the reasons behind the differences in practices which may seem disconcerting or at least confusing at first, and to those who are more familiar with it, because in the liturgy we are faced with the ineffable and beautiful mystery of Almighty God himself, which our understanding can always grasp more and more. In order to understand why certain things are the way they are in the Latin Mass, we must first understand what it is. To answer this question, let us go to her to whom this treasure has been confided, that is to say, to Holy Mother Church. What does Holy Mother Church teach us concerning the Holy Mass? Here we have the teaching of the Roman Catechism. The Eucharist was instituted, it says, by Christ for two purposes. One, that it might be the heavenly food of our souls, enabling us to support and preserve spiritual life, and the other, that the Church might have a perpetual sacrifice by which our sins might be expiated, and our Heavenly Father, oftentimes grievously offended by our crimes, might be turned away from wrath to mercy, from the severity of just chastisement to clemency. Of this thing we may observe a type and a resemblance in the Paschal Lamb, which is wont to be offered and to be eaten by the children of Israel as a sacrament and a sacrifice. Nor could our Savior, continues the Catechism, when about to offer himself to God the Father on the cross, have given any more illustrious indication of his unbounded love towards us than by bequeathing to us a visible sacrifice, by which that bloody sacrifice, which was soon after to be offered once on the cross, would be renewed, and its memory daily celebrated with the greatest utility unto the consummation of the ages by the Church diffused throughout the world. The Council of Trent, in its canons, that is to say, for the teaching is clearly set out by rejecting the opposing error, says, If anyone saith that in the Mass a true and proper sacrifice is not offered to God, or that to be offered is nothing else but that Christ has given us to eat, let him be anathema. Anathema, as you know, is a Greek word that means condemn. And by condemning the false doctrines in a clear and inescapable way, all the councils of the Church throughout history, the purity and clarity of the perennial teaching of the Church was protected from heretical salts and set forth in all its splendor. If we, are to be, if we are tempted to be discouraged by the seeming lack of clarity coming forth from the magisterium in our own times, let us turn instead to those sources that can satiate our appetite for sound doctrine. The Roman Catechism, or the Catechism of the Council of Trent, as it's called, the teachings of the Holy Councils, the Baltimore Catechism. The truth is there, let us cling to it, because by that we are clinging to Christ. The Mass, then, is a sacrifice. What is a sacrifice? In general sense, it could be understood to be the offering of a sense-perceptible gift, a sensible gift, to the deity as an outward manifestation of our veneration for him and with the object of attaining communion with him. And that is how St. Augustine defines it. He says, It is every work that unites us in holy communion with God, every work that is directed to that final good in which alone we find true beatitude. Strictly speaking, however, this offering does not become a sacrifice until a real change has been effected in the visible gift. For example, by slaying it, by shedding its blood, by burning it, by pouring it out. 
by sacrifice, we take something that could be used for another purpose, and we offer it to God. We dedicate it to Him in humble submission, recognizing by the offering His supreme dominion over us. This is an important point to remember as we continue our consideration of Holy Mass. What are we offering to God on Sunday, or any other day for that matter, when we attend Holy Mass? We are offering to God, among other things, the sacrifice of our time. We are offering Him that sacrifice of time and of attention and of love which we could be expending elsewhere. Of course, it is an obligation for us to offer Him that time on Sundays and Holy Days, but the point still holds. We are recognizing that we owe Almighty God everything we are and everything we have, and rendering to Him those two things that He will not take from us, but asks us to give to Him freely, our love and our time. This is the first way in which you participate at Holy Mass, simply by showing up, following along. That is already a sacrifice. Offer it to our Lord faithfully and perseveringly. It's absolutely necessary for your happiness and for the peace of your soul. Sacrifice is the highest act of the virtue of religion. It is the most necessary act of this all-important virtue. Without sacrifice, there is no religion. And without the Holy Mass, the true sacrifice, there is no true religion. Or at least, the true religion cannot continue without it. St. Padre Pio said, It would be easier for the world to survive without the Son than to do without Holy Mass. The reality of, the sacri of sacrifice is present in the entire history of salvation. From the first pages of sacred scripture, where we read about the twin sacrifices of Cain and Abel. One that was good, the one that was lacking to the epistle of the Hebrews, where Christ the high priest is described in his glorious sacrifice, the importance of sacrifice is set forth. The Mass itself is prefigured in the sacrifice of Melchizedek, the mysterious king of Salem, who offers bread and wine to Almighty God after the victory of Abraham. It is prefigured again in the offering of the Paschal Lamb, who is entirely consumed by the chosen people, and whose blood on the doorpost saves them from the avenging angel. It is prefigured in the elaborate sacrifices offered in the temple by priests of the Old Law. It is spoken of in many verses, including in the Psalms, and this verse from the prophet Malachi, which points without a doubt to the Holy Mass. For, from the rising of the sun, writes the prophet, even to the setting, my name is great among the Gentiles, and in every place there is sacrifice, and there is offered to my name a clean oblation. The sacrifice and clean oblation is none other than the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, offered in every place throughout the world, in contrast to the Jewish sacrifice, which was only licitly offered in the temple in Jerusalem. In every sacrifice, there is a priest, or he who offers the sacrifice, and a victim, or that which is offered. In the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, priest and victim are identical. Our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the sovereign priest. This point cannot be stressed enough. It is Jesus Christ who offers every Mass through his holy priesthood, which exists in the soul of the priest who offers it. In addition to priest and victim being the same, we know by faith that the sacrifice of the Mass is substantially the same as the sacrifice on Calvary. It is the unbloody renewal of the bloody sacrifice that Christ offered to his Father for us. The Venerable Pope Pius XII, in his important encyclical Mediator Dei, which treats of the sacred liturgy, teaches that, the august sacrifice of the altar, then, is no mere empty commemoration of the passion and death of Jesus Christ, but a true and proper act of sacrifice, whereby the high priest, 
by an unbloody immolation, offers himself a most acceptable victim to the Eternal Father, as he did upon the cross. Holy Father then cites the Council of Trent's teaching on the Mass, which says, It is one and the same victim. The same person now offers it by the ministry of his priests, who then offered himself on the cross, the manner of offering alone being different. The one, the original sacrifice, offered in a bloody manner on the cross, and the Holy Mass offered in an unbloody sacramental way. Pope Pius XII continues, The priest is the same, Jesus Christ, whose sacred person his minister represents. Now the minister, by reason of the sacerdotal consecration which he has received, is made like to the high priest and possesses the power of performing actions in virtue of Christ's very person. Wherefore, in his priestly activity, he in a certain manner lends his tongue and gives his hand to Christ. Dear faithful, if there's one thing I would like for you all to remember from the sermon, it is this. The Catholic priest at the Holy Mass offers the sacrifice in persona Christi in the person of Jesus Christ, just as he forgives, baptizes, confirms, and anoints as Jesus Christ. Or rather, through the priest, Jesus Christ offers sacrifice. Jesus Christ forgives sins. Jesus Christ baptizes. Jesus Christ confirms. Jesus Christ anoints. This is so crucial to understanding the Holy Mass, and especially the Trinity or Latin Mass, where it is evident. I say evident because at the Latin Mass, the person of the priest, his proper characteristics, his qualities, his temperament and personality, disappear into the person of Jesus Christ. The face of the priest is hidden from the faithful for the majority of Holy Mass, so that they might not see Father so-and-so or Canon so-and-so, but rather Christ, the High Priest. The personality of the priest is hidden at the Latin Mass, so the faithful can more easily encounter the Savior. He does not feel the pressure to be an entertainer or even a charismatic leader. His personality may come out during the sermon in his encounters with the lady, for example, and that is well and good, for Christ can use all these things for the spread of his holy kingdom. But during the Holy Mass, it fades away to make room for the second person of the Most Holy Trinity, of whom the priest is only the minister, the standing. The beautiful and strict rubrics of the Holy Latin Mass are the guardian of the sacredness of the liturgy and the guarantor of the person of the priest withdrawing in favor of the person of Christ, the true Savior. Therefore, dear faithful, at Holy Mass, let our disposition be that of the centurion in the gospel before Christ, one of humility and admiration. The very words of the centurion have been taken from the Holy Gospels and are repeated three times daily by the priest before both his communion and the communion of the faithful. Domine non sindimus. Lord, I am not worthy that thou shouldst enter under my roof. Say but the word, and my soul shall be healed. Let us be like the Blessed Virgin on Calvary, as she observed her son's sacrifice, which is daily renewed on the altar at Holy Mass. She did not seek to participate in a way that usurped the priesthood of her son, but rather accepted perfectly that part given to her, that of uniting perfectly the sufferings and intentions of her immaculate heart to the sublime sacrifice that was taking place before her. In this way, she participated in an utterly unique way in the work of redemption. So too can we participate in the work of redemption in the way that God has willed for us by uniting ourselves to the intentions of Christ the High Priest at Holy Mass. May our Blessed Mother obtain for us the grace to grow in appreciation and gratitude of the treasure that has been given to us, the timeless treasure of the Holy Roman Church, the Trinity Mass. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Thank you.